Hello, good morning, and welcome to episode 88 of Life Song Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks, along with Philip Dean Ramsey. Thank good morning. you so much for being here and uh, being with us this week. Philip, good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Praise God. Praise That's right. How's your week been? It's been real good. What else you want me to say? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of a question that, that I expect you to answer. That's with. the format of the show. That's right. What would you do this week? That's right. What, what did, did I, you, what did I do this yeah, week, man? Let's I, start with you. Maybe I can feed off of that. Well, run around with like a chicken with my head cut off. Yeah. So much preparation uh, and final uh, details going into the Minnetipton County Conference, which, uh, as you're listening to this right now, folks, it happened Friday and Saturday night. Hey, and it was awesome. Uh, we think. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. Uh, we're Phil and I, Your sermon was awesome. It's the best I've ever heard. Thank you. <laughs> Of course, uh, Phil and I, as we're recording this, this Thursday afternoon, which is typically the day we do this. Uh, so it actually starts tomorrow, but uh, as you're hearing it, it's already taking place. Look, we're expecting some big things out of it. Yeah. We're real excited about it. And the good news is this isn't a one-time thing. No. This is something that's ongoing. Uh, you'll hear more about it. And even we recorded audio and video of of some of the things that happened this past weekend that we may share on the radio and also definitely share on the the internet right so be be looking for that it's going to be good absolutely and uh, we like like phil said this this wasn't the uh, this was if you happen to miss it, it it's not the first um or the last uh it was the first it's not the last right. uh, last event that's going to take place we actually had a, con- a meeting the other night about it uh, wrapping up our details and duties uh the leadership and we uh already looking ahead to the next one mm-hmm. and the next one and eventually this is going to be a pretty regular thing and when i say regular thing i mean hopefully monthly uh not two-day conferences but we're looking at maybe hopefully uh getting something pretty regular on a monthly saturday morning type yeah. thing on a you know first or, or second or third saturday of the month type of deal uh getting together for a couple of hours uh breakfast and and a teaching session and fellowship with the guys so we can all come together and and continue to grow and build those relationships that are connected at these conferences yeah you can't uh you can't make it on your own man mm-hmm. it's, just, it's a rough world and we need each other men especially satan has he has come at the man with both barrels and uh it's just really hard to make as a matter of fact i say you can't you can't make it on your own no absolutely you not. need accountability i need accountability uh, we need fellowship with one another to share our burdens plus uh, the joys and our successes. We need to learn from each other and pass it on to the next generation. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's what uh, that's what the Minnetonka County is is, is going to be about. That's what we're uh, our dream and our focus and our passion and where our hearts are uh, with this uh, with this whole new ministry. So uh, uh, we're just looking forward to some big things uh, continuing to grow and come out of the Minnetonka County. Well, Jimmy, it's a sad day. It is a sad, bittersweet. Uh, Jimmy walked in the studio, and he is wearing an identical shirt that I'm wearing. I don't know if he wants to get his picture made with me or not, but not this really. is a this is a sad day. It is. We are closing the book of First John. We've got two or three verses left. How many months we've been in this? Well, uh, this is going to be twenty one, uh, I believe, part twenty one. So this would make what four, eight, sixteen. 20 that be a little over four months really yeah i thought it was a little longer than that no well i mean four 
it is uh, probably right at five because even though this is part 21 we had weeks where we, we had two or three weeks in there where we didn't do a new program or or we went to other things you know we had one mm-hmm. week where we ran a replay and then we had other weeks where uh we, um, christmas and easter or did we continue this in easter did we do something special we did something special at easter so so we had two or three weeks in here where we we didn't jump into first john so uh yeah we're probably right at five months uh, right. since well, we started it well last week we got through i believe 17 well and there's 21 verses in this book what we'll do when we get back we'll conclude the book and then and and then jimmy did you bring your bible with you son i, I will yeah okay so what we'll do is just kind of go back to chapter one and we're just going to flip the pages that's it and just kind of scan and there's 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 an overwhelming theme of of first john and we're going to cover cover some of the main points and jimmy wasn't even born yet you know what a a, a record player is jimmy you know they call them vinyls 45s no. you know what that is uh-uh. <laughs> Yes, Phil. <laughs> and you're in radio, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes that needle will get stuck and it'll play over and over and over. And first John does that. That's right. Over. He wants us to know certain things and we're gonna we're gonna hit those things after we conclude the book. All right. Well let's get started. Uh let's take a quick break. We'll be right back to get started. First John chapter five, verse eighteen. Stay with us right here. You're listening to Life Song Radio. All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light And darkness tries to hide It trembles at his voice Trembles at his voice How great is our God
Welcome back to Life Song Radio. I'm Phil Ramsey with my co-host, Handsome Jimmy Hicks. We are concluding First John this week. Last week was it was huge for me. It was really huge, and the overwhelming thing that stuck out last week was was uh, verse 14. Let me read it. And this is the confidence which we have before Him that if we ask anything. According to his will, he hears us. Let me keep going. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which have, which we have asked from him. So last week we learned that God answers prayers, and he always answers the prayers in accordance to his will. That's right. So if you want your prayers answered 110% of the time, Pray his will. And we covered last week we did cover uh much of what his will is and gave it biblical examples of what his will is. And uh so that's a promise from the word of God to pray his will. Yeah. And it'll happen. So that's right. man, that's big time. It is. It is. It absolutely is. Uh you know, I've tried to pray my will a bunch and God said no. Mm-hmm. You still driving that used truck, I see. I am. <laughs> God, God, I know it's your will that I have a Lamborghini. Um, And he said, no, it's not. Jimmy, if you would, pick up at verse 18, read through 21. All right, verse 18. We know that no one who was born of God sins, but he who was born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. Amen. As uh, John winds this letter up, this is one of the areas that he hits on a lot. John is reiterating a vitally important principle. Okay. He said it earlier before that nobody who is born of God sins. So nobody that's been transformed by the new birth, goes on living in an unbroken, there's the key, an unbroken pattern of sin. So if you have a, a lifestyle of continuous continuous sin, an unbroken pattern of sin, then you have not been born of God. Well, what the uh, Amplified Bible says about that part of the verse is, uh, we know absolutely that anyone born of God does not deliberately and knowingly practice committing sin. Really? Yeah. You ever deliberately practice sin? No. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> Leave me alone, Phil. This isn't Jimmy. Are, are, you, are you telling me that you, when you sin, you don't want, I mean, you telling me you never sin on purpose? No. When you know it's wrong? No, I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you to leave me alone. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> I know what you're saying. No, you don't. You just—I really don't. But I'm gonna say that I know. <laughs> so, Phil, uh, tell me the last time you sinned. Uh, just then. Just then. <laughs> On purpose. <laughs> he bullied me. <laughs> so, the one that is born of God cannot live in an unbroken pattern of sin, really, for several reasons. 
First, sin is incompatible with the law of God. First John 3, verse 4. The redeemed, which is us, we love God's law and cannot habitually live in violation of it. Second, sin is incompatible with the work of Christ, who did what, Jimmy? He appeared in order to take sins away. So the one who is born of God cannot, cannot have an unbroken pattern of sin. I was talking to a gentleman the other day. Uh, I won't say his name, definitely, but he, he called me. And uh, he said, Mr. Phil, I'm, I, I'm struggling. And he made a decision, a decision to stop continuing in a pattern of sin that he was in. He said, I, I've got to stop it because my relationship with the Lord has been hindered. I can feel myself going further and further away from him. And I said, well, let me tell you what happened, brother. I said, you know why you stopped it? Because the Holy One, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And that lifestyle is incompatible with the one that lives in you. Because a holy God and sin does not mix. You cannot keep on sinning and have God in your heart. Now, sure. now are you a sinner? Yes. If you say you're not, you're a liar. That's what the Bible says. But to have an unbroken pattern of sin, it's impossible, totally impossible, to have that lifestyle and be born of God. That's what John is saying. Yeah, I would say that this verse is uh, is just another example that, uh, that substantiates the doctrine of eternal security. Mm -hmm. It's uh, nobody... Um, we're safe. We're safe forever. Nobody, nothing or nobody can ever snatch us from the hands of God. Mm -hmm. And if you have this mentality, well, I'm safe. I'm secure. Hey, I'm a Baptist. <laughs> one, <laughs> one saved, always safe. So let me go on out there and get with it again. You Look, you, I don't think you got it. You're missing it. You're missing it. Are you disputing what I just said? God's law. Let me tell you about God's law to the lost person. It's a burden. Mm. It's a burden. It's a schoolmaster. It Without God's law, you don't know what sin is. But once you've been born again, God's law is not burdensome. It, you take delight in God's law. See, what happens is, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit Saturday at the, well, I talked about this a little bit yesterday at the men's conference. Um, oh, it's good, too. Yeah, I it was it. good. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can quit listening right now. You already heard it. But, um, you know, when you, when you, like you, just going off of what you said, God's law is burdensome. Uh, God's commandments are, are burdensome to the lost person, but also to the, uh, to the Christian who, even, quote unquote, gets it. We will take what, um, we'll take what we, uh, what we, uh, what we know 
comes from God. Let's let let's say spiritual fruit. We're supposed to be producing spiritual fruit. So we'll take that and when we're not producing a lot of spiritual fruit, we'll feel like that we're far away from the Lord. Mm. We'll feel like that uh, you know, I'm not doing enough for mm. God. I'm not working hard enough because I'm not, you know, I, I'm not showing enough patience. I'm not uh, having enough self-control. Mm. Uh, I'm not uh, uh, doing doing these things that I know God wants me to do and the fruit that he wants me to produce. Well, Focusing on the fruit, just like focusing on the law, doesn't make you righteous. Doesn't doesn't make one produce more fruit. What you need to focus on is the gospel and the finished work of Jesus Christ and be in awe of, of who he is and what he's already done. When you're able just to be madly in love with God, then everything else is going to flow out of that. It sure will. Jimmy, if you were in a, a burning building, right? I, I, I would... I would throw you out i would i would lock you in or if you were drowning and somebody reached down and pulled you out of that water or pulled you out of that burning building what kind of love and respect and would you have for that person that did that that's right would you have a person would you have a problem going to them and just thanking them oh absolutely not and here's the thing here's the thing that i think and i know the direction that you're going in and i don't want to jump ahead of you but oh, uh, i'm through <laughs> but the, but 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 to to your point in that illustration the man or woman that, that ever saves your life from anything if somebody pulls you from a burning bed you don't have any problem like you said going to that person and just thanking them and 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 doing for them doing things it's not burdensome it's not burdensome for you you're not asking going and asking them Hey, I know you saved my life, but uh, uh, can you can you do this for me too? Can you go buy me some lunch? Can I hold a dollar? Yeah, can you can you go do this for me? See, that's the way we treat God. Mm. That's the way we are treating God. He saved us. He has sent us a Savior and saved our life, and that ain't enough. We keep asking for more and more, rather than just being absolutely madly in love with Him and saying, "Lord, have Your way with me." Mm-hmm. And that's where we get off. I think we really get it when we realize. It's not about us. It's all about him. Right. And I was thinking about this morning. Man, we've gotten so far off in, our, in, in Christianity in the world today. Everything seems to be a me-centered and an I-centered gospel. It is. It's all about what God's. Now, don't get me wrong. We're blessed. But when the focus comes on, on the blessing and what, what God has in store for me and I, hey, we're all created for him, for his glory. Mm-hmm. And a good thing about, say, what we've done, God loved the son so much. He gave them, he gave them a love gift. The love gift was believers, ones who, ones who uh, have repented of their sins, ones who have come to him in faith. God has given those to the son we are a byproduct i don't like that word but anyway i'm trying to think of one of a relationship that god has with the son so it's all about the son it's all about the glory of the son everything in the universe and galaxies and earth and people is all for the glory of the son when we take when we start getting off the sun and start focusing on us hey God, yeah, is God, is Jesus here for us? Yeah, he is. But we were created for him. That's right. That's why we're here. 
we were created for Jesus. He's the center of everything. It's all about him. And when the focus gets off of him and on us, that's when we derail the track. You know, we're talking about spiritual fruit like I did a second ago. And, you know, something real quick that, uh, again, came out of my message at the men's conference. Uh, I just, uh, you know, uh, we have a problem focusing so much on uh, when you say ourselves that that's that's really the true even spiritual fruit when we focus on patience and and self control and uh, all these other things that, that that are fruit of the spirit when we focus on those we're really truly focusing our, on ourselves and our shortcomings and so uh, kind of along the lines of what you're saying so it's really the same as as physical fruit right so when a uh, when a man a husband and wife produce physical fruit which would be a child uh what are they focused on are they focused on the mechanics of what they're doing to to make that child to to produce that physical fruit are they focused on the mechanics or are they so caught up in an intimate loving relationship with one another that the 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 conceived child is a result of that and so spiritual fruit's the same way. If you're so caught up in the intimate, loving relationship with Jesus, then your spiritual fruit will be a product of that. Absolutely. It's the folk. I mean, yeah, I'll definitely. I don't know about your analogy because <laughs> I could have went both ways. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gut, I feel. <laughs> but yeah, the, the child is a, is a result of the love. Right, right. Yeah. And same way, you know, back back to God and the son, you know. We are we flow out of that love relationship. That's right. That's it's about right. him. It's all about him. Yeah. And when we really realize that we stand in awe of him, everything about this life that he created for us to live will begin to start focusing and falling into place. Mm-hmm. But until then, until we realize what our true purpose is and, and what we're put here to do and, and what the greatest commandments are, loving God and loving others, until we really put that into a genuine focus and start to see that uh then 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 we we walk with uh, the gospel out of focus Mm -hmm. some may disagree agree with me jimmy but a believer now somebody who has been born again received a new heart a believer can never fall back in a pattern of unbroken sin you know why why because he who was born of god keeps him he keeps him. Yeah. That's a promise. Now, how long is a unbroken pattern of sin? Because you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. Can we really, and again, we have to be careful, who defines how long an, a, a pattern of sin is? Well, I think... Can I answer and then shut up? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought that was a, a question. <laughs> it is a question, but you got, you want because to I'm first. frazzled brain, I have to answer. That's, I, that's God's job. Well, I can't. Now, if I see you in sin or you see me in sin in, in a long period of sin, something we appear to be walking in, uh, we definitely go to each other, you know. Yeah, and I think it's a heart matter, man. I really do think it's a a, a matter of the heart. Now, when when I look at this, and I approach this, and you talk about an unbroken pattern of sin, I look at that as a as a period of sin in which I'm unrepentative, unrepentive, and um, non convicted of. Now, if I'm 
walking in the footsteps of some sin, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but every time I do it, I'm I'm convicted of it and I repent of it and it disgusts me, even if I'm doing it less and less, but I'm still, you know, succumbing to it. Mm. I still think that's a, uh, I still think, you know, a, a man is saved at that point, you yeah. know, but uh, he's just having some problems breaking those chains. And that's why you need those relationships like you're talking about. And we have each other. But um, you talk about even even if it's a, a several month or even year thing, several year thing, uh, even if as long as he's convicted of it and he repents of it, um you know, God's going to help him along the way. He just has to, you know, he has to learn how, whether it's through relationships with other uh, other men who can show him through the word and, and, and hold him accountable. Uh, he's just got to learn how to, to submit to submit to it, submit well, to the Lord. God's going to deal with it, deal yeah. with it in, in, in three ways, with grace and love. With a disobedient child, he is going to pursue him with love and grace. Mm-hmm. He's going to say, hey, get back over here. You know, I love you. And then the child still stays off. And then he's going to take him behind the woodshed. He's going to take him behind the woodshed. And I'm doing this because I love you. Because I only chasing those I love. I don't whoop anybody else's children. I just whoop my own. Right. That's why you look in the world and you say, why? Why ain't all these cats going through this stuff we're going through? Sometimes. You well, see, you don't. You, God ain't spanking his. Those that aren't his, right. he is chastening, molding those that are his. That's the second thing he'll do. The third thing is, just like we studied last week, it's time to come on home. That's right. He will you, He will bring you home. You are not dragging my son's blood through the mud anymore. Mm-hmm. I love you. I bought you with a price. And I gave you freedom to sin. But you're coming home. Yeah. So uh, are we gonna move on to verse 19. Well, let's let's uh, uh, let me look in. All right. Let, let's talk. Uh, we we're not finished with 18 yet. Okay. Because uh, he is born. God keeps him, but also the evil one does not touch him. So we know that the evil one is who? Satan. Satan has no authority. He has no power. Over the believer. They are no longer under his control. Man, we've been rescued from the domain of darkness. So we've been rescued from darkness. We have the chains from Satan have been loosed. We've been bought with a price. Uh, He has no more uh, control over us because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So Satan, he can he can tempt us. He can harass the saints, just like he did with Job, like he did with Peter. But he can never reclaim them. Jesus will not fail to keep the redeemed. Yeah, that's what um, that's what John's saying here. He's not saying that uh, that uh, Satan can't uh, tempt us or attack us because he can. I mean, we, with permission. Well, yeah. Paul Paul descri- describes it as. Uh, uh, the fire, the fear, fiery missiles of the evil one. He describes it as that, uh, and um, Peter says uh, that he's uh, uh, the roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Mm. Oh, repeat that again. The roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. Okay, 
He's seeking who he can devour. Right. Okay. There's some he can't. That's right. Well, that's what I'm getting at. He, okay. can, he can tempt us and he can sift us like wheat. But he, and what John is saying is here, he can throw all these things out. It even calls us to, to, um, to, to get off track and calls us to take our eyes mm-hmm. off the Lord. But Satan cannot ever put his hands on us, mm-hmm. touch us, and pull us into the pits of hell anymore because we are not... He he is unable to. Yeah, other translations say, "Who he may devour." So, us those individuals who've been born of God, he can't. So, what does he do? What is he doing? Roaming, looking, seeking to find those who he may devour. Mm-hmm. He can't devour us. No, he he's got a gun, but his gun that's aimed right for Jimmy has no bullets. So he's trying to he's trying to to uh, tempt Jimmy. He's trying to persuade Jimmy. He's doing everything he can, but his gun is unloaded. They have no bullets. And, and here's the thing, too: he can't. While he can tempt us and cause us to get off track and take our focus off the Lord, he can never manipulate us again because we know who he is. And we know what he's about. Mm-hmm. So he can never make us follow him again and manipulate us into doing that. He might be able to tempt us into sinning. But as the word says, God's going to keep us. So Absolutely. he'll never be able to take us away and manipulate us again. And if you have not been born of God, the gun that Satan's aimed at you has bullets in it. That's right. That's where the cross comes in. Jesus died in our place. He, he took our death. So if you've not been born of God, Satan still Satan still has bullets in his gun. If you have been born of God, then he's he's trying to imitate you with an empty weapon. He has no control. He has no power. He has no dominion. You've been freed, set free. It's over. Now he can mess with you like he does folks in the Bible. That's right. But far as his authority and power and rule over your life. It's over. And that's what drives him crazy. And that's why you see so many uh, Christians struggling uh, with with certain things. Because Satan, just like God, like you said, God will not spank those who are not his children. Satan has no care in the world about going after his children. Mm. He's complete opposite of God. God is not going to... Um, in a sense, now follow me. God's not going to go after, like you said, and 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 spank and whoop his uh, his children, or his uh, those that are not his children. He will his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Satan is not going to go after those that are his and attempt them to uh, attempt to uh, to make them sin even more. He's already got them. He's not going to. He didn't need to make you sin anymore to make you follow him any more than you already are. If you're a child of Satan, if you're unsaved, and so what drives him up the wall is when you're not, when you're following God. That's when he goes after you, and it's apparent that he's not smart enough to realize that he can't touch us and can't manipulate us. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's crazy, <laughs> but you know. The, uh, so God keeps us. Now this is. The Bible speaks of Christians also keeping ourselves. You know, we're to, what in First Timothy, five twenty two. We are to to keep ourselves pure. We are to keep the commandments of God. First John three twenty two. We're to keep the faith. That's Second Timothy four seven. We to keep themselves unstained by the world. James one twenty. James one twenty seven. Keep themselves from idols. 
That's First John five twenty one. Keep God's word. First John two five. Keep themselves in the love of God. Jude twenty one. So we do have some responsive we definitely have responsibility in our life. We have it ain't just once saved, always saved, boom. Whether we are responsible, we are responsible to God's word and what he says. At the end of the day, we're secure, we're sealed, uh Satan can't touch us. Right. And God keeps us. And if he can touch you or you know, when you say once saved, always saved, if you're saved you I don't like saying that. But. Well, but 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 if you're saved you cannot go on sinning. That's what John has told us so many times. And so if Satan can touch you and you can go on sinning un un uh, you know, and you're not convicted about it and you're un, and you you don't feel uh like you need to repent, you can continue to go on sinning, then you're not saved. That's evidence that you're not. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So by keeping us, he is preserving us. You see that all throughout the scriptures. I mean, way back in the Old Testament, God is keeping his people, preserving his people. There's always been a remnant, okay, all throughout history. Uh, he is preserving his people. And Paul wrote in Philippians 1 Six, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. And uh, to the Thessalonians, he wrote, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. That's uh, 1 Thessalonians five, twenty-three through 24. So God keeps us. God preserves us. Paul writes, uh, eight, Romans eight thirty-one through 39. Jimmy, pull got, it. Yeah, I got you it. You got that? I got it. Eight thirty-one. Uh, when the... What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God and who intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it's written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth Mm. nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, he just about covered it all. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You can't add to that. That's no, just, sir. That's, no, sir. So he's, he's got this thing. He's mm-hmm. got it. Let's go on to verse uh, 19. We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Christians, born-again believers, followers, uh, we're not of this world. We are not of this world. But on the other hand... The whole world, it's politics, it's economics, it's education, 
uh, it's entertainment. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? Mm. Big time entertainment. And uh, really, religion lies in the power of the evil one. Look, this is Satan's world. And not part of the world, the whole world, everything lies in the power of the evil one. That's right. We are definitely not of this world. Well, and I think John makes a big, big argument or or takes a big focus of this letter. And he uh, he, he wants to, uh, to know throughout this whole letter that there's a difference between believers and the world, right? So uh, even... In chapter 2, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not any. Mm. That's what he says. Well, who's the world? And who's the ruler of the world? Satan. And that's what he's restating here. So he didn't allow for any kind of middle ground Mm -hmm. at all. True believers who keep one foot in the world, uh, well, if you keep one foot in the world, then you've got one foot away from God. You really don't have either foot towards God, is what he's saying. <laughs> so don't don't have one foot in the world. Don't have no foots, no feet. No feet. No feet in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying, Jimmy, there's no third option. No, there never has been. How many people really think of it like that, though? You think, well... Uh, but you see, I don't... We don't think about that. There's two conditions. There's t- there's two conditions. There's two natures. There's 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 two ways. Uh, a Christ- somebody who is not a Christian, they definitely do not look at themselves as someone who is hostile towards God, or someone who hates God, or someone who is at war with Him. They just don't put themselves in that category of that person. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I don't hate God. But the Bible is very clear. Well, and two, you know, you got so many people. And, and I hate to be where I'm saying I'm calling you out because I don't want to be like that. But, I, you know, it's for, for folks is on good. I'm not setting myself above anybody. But I, it was a situation that I was in, uh, you know, before because like i said before i thought i was saved before Mm. i was actually saved now i wasn't a church going type of guy but i thought i was saved and i thought god would you know you know if somebody would have told me man you hate god i would have said you're absolutely nuts i don't hate god Mm -hmm. well why are you going after all these things in the world well you know that doesn't mean i hate god that means i you know why wouldn't god want me to be happy the bible says he loves me he Mm -hmm. you know he loves his children why would he not want me to be happy why wouldn't he want me to enjoy this world right well because this world is perishing it's going away and it's ruled by satan that's why right he wants my love and my satisfaction to be in jesus and his finished work at the cross yeah and when it can do that then we realize that uh, this world is not our home this is only a temporary stopping ground in in order for us to share the love of christ and jesus with everybody else Mm -hmm. so so there's no middle ground nope everyone every human being is part of either god's kingdom or of satan's that's it there's no middle ground. He who is not with me is against me. Uh, so it's a lot to chew on. I, again, I think it's one of the lies of the devil is that you you might not be one of his, but you're, you're a good person and God wouldn't do this to you. That's right. And he wants you to be happy. He wants you to have what you want. I mean, that's what love is to give you what you want. Mm-hmm. If you if you loved him, surely, why does he want to restrict your happiness? That's right. Why does he want to restrict these things from you? 
here's here's what I want you to understand if you're listening and you're saying that's right if you think Phil is is being right about that and you think we're being a little bit too hardcore uh understand this God doesn't want to restrict your happiness God doesn't want to hold happiness and 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 riches from you but the thing is what you need to understand is there's an appointed time and place in which he will bestow that upon you and that's in his kingdom in heaven right now it's not here in this world mm-hmm. doesn't mean that he's not going to bless you with things and bless you with certain things but and he because he will but when he blesses you with those things it's with the intention and with the purpose that you will use them to further his kingdom Jimmy, if you were at a hotel and there was a cat, you were on the the 10th floor and there was a couch right beside the window on the 10th floor and your little boy, how old your little boy? Your youngest one? Four. Okay. Be five soon. He's wide open, right? Oh, with a choke up. (laughs) If he was uh, walking on the top of the couch. Oh, look at him. He's having so much fun. Look at the joy in his heart as he dances across the top of the couch. But he's dancing right beside the window. And you tell him to get off. Okay. Are you restricting his freedom? Or do you possibly see a bigger picture? I see a bigger picture. <laughs> you see him falling out of that window, don't going you? Going spalat. So anytime God restricts you, it's for your own good. Right. It's not to keep things from you. It's for because he loves you. And if he restricts you, it's because he loves you. Now, verse 21, verse 20 through 21. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. Well, before we get to, to verse 20, let me let me hit on verse 21. It's kind of odd and awkward you would say that, that God would just, or that John would just, in this chapter, all this that he said, little children, guard yourself against idols. The reason that he did that is because idolatry is, number one, it was the first sin, and it's the greatest and worst sin, and it's the biggest thing. It, really, every sin that we commit, we can fall back and, and point back to idolatry, mm-hmm. because idolatry is uh is you know basically putting something else uh above god Mm -hmm. and it it takes your focus off god so really every sin can be considered idolatry Mm -hmm. and so that's i think believe when john ends that chapter like this or when ends the book like that so in these closing verses that john's writing it's it's kind of come full circle he began with the coming of the word of life. That was in 1, 1 through 4. Now he closes with uh, that the son of God has come. And this, the word come is hecho. Uh, that's probably not right. But anyway, it's a present tense verb, which indicates that Jesus has come and is still present. And Jimmy, it says... And has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. All understanding comes from God. There is nothing within yourself. Matter of fact, in Romans 3, I believe it's chapter 3, verse 10 or 11, or I believe that's right, that no one understands. No one. So all understanding comes from God. Apart from him, you don't even have the ability to wrap your brain about around any of it. So apart from him really revealing himself to us, we, we can't we can't understand. 
uh, it's a work of God. It says, uh, I believe it's in Luke 10, 22, uh, because no one can know who the Father is except the Son and anyone whom the Son wills to reveal him. So understanding uh, the things of God, it, it comes from him. That's right. Within us, it's impossible. So he, hey, he gets the glory again. And Jimmy covered the last verse a few minutes ago. Everything that's put in front of God is deemed an idol. So we have just finished. Today's been bittersweet. We closed out First uh, John. So, Jimmy, you got your, your Bible open? Ready? I'm ready. I'm uh, ready. What we're going to do, we're going to start flipping the pages, and we're going we're gonna to look at some of the things that just have John has screamed and we've got like seven minutes to do it. Can, can we do it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Considering it took us five months to get through it, can we get through it again in seven minutes? Right. I, I don't know. Uh, let's let's begin. Chapter one. John was there. He was. He handled Jesus. He heard him. He talked with him. He walked with him. He was with Jesus. That's right. He starts off with that. And and that's big because he's you know who he's writing to and who he's talking to uh, here is he's talking to these to these uh, to these guys who have uh, uh, they've had leaders rise up in their ranks and leave the church and uh, the Gnosticism uh, right. became prevalent so these Gnostics are saying that Jesus was a deity Jesus is the Son of God and he is God and he is deity but he was not man he was not flesh and he did not walk this earth and walk amongst us as man and so John is saying hey <laughs> no. Uh, Yes, he did, because I, I rested my head upon his bosom. Right, right. And you can have fellowship with God, with us and with God. And if you got fellowship with God, then, then that's salvation. You can't have fellowship with God and be lost. So That's right. And also, God is light. Mm-hmm. Chapter 1, God is light. In him, there's no darkness. In him, there's no sin. You can't be saved and walk a unpatterned uh, a, a lifestyle of sin. You can. You're going to be a sinner. It will not be defined as your life, because if Christ lives in you, the Holy Spirit lives in you, and in Him there's no darkness. They don't intermix together. They do not get along. When you're sinning as a believer, you're absolutely miserable because God lives in you. That's right. So God is light. That's right. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession is, is it has some action with it. It's not just saying, God, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. It's, it's saying, hey, I agree with you. My life is a mess. Mm-hmm. And it's been this is sin. This is against your word, against your law. And, uh, uh, you know, confession is also uh, goes along with uh, with repentance as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter two. Because Jimmy's not perfect. Thank you. Okay. Jimmy's going to sin. But praise the Lord when Jimmy and Phil sins. We have an advocate with Mm -hmm. the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That's right. We have a lawyer. We have an advocate. We have somebody standing in our place praying for us. We have somebody who who has been our propitiation. Okay. Uh, He's our advocate. So when we fall short, he steps in. So, Jesus Christ is our advocate. He is our propitiation for our sins. That's in chapter 2. What else in chapter 2? Well, I mean, there's there's some uh, the about, uh, he talks a little bit about uh, love, and he talks about uh, uh, 
those who have uh, who have claimed to be in the light, who those who claim to be saved but are still walking in darkness, the ones that that say they are in the light and say they are Christian and saved but they hate their brother, mm-hmm. uh, they're still in the darkness. So you can't actually mm. be saved if you hate. And so he's talking about love here, and love is the biggest motivator. Is is the biggest thing that we can see throughout the entire. Bible, really, right. it's motivated. It is motivated by lo- the love of God. So you can't hate, right? If you do hate, the love of the Father is not in you. That's right. And hate is just an absence of love. He says to to love one another and actually to even love your enemies. So he's covered everybody. Yeah, you know, a lot of us will say, "I don't hate. I don't hate Phil." Mm. You know, I just don't care too much about him i don't i don't hate him i don't wish him ill but i don't have anything to do with him well that's an absence of love so i, I really do hate him so repent and believe and, and if you yeah, and if you choose to, to keep on then you may have a salvation issue that's right that's right not not our words but the bible okay do not love the world also we see in this chapter uh you cannot love the world if you love the world in its system, the love of the Father is not in you. So is your life defined, if you were to observe your life, is it defined by the world or is it defined by Jesus? That's right. And, and, and anything, look at look at the thing that you talk about the most. Look at the thing that... that that you do the most uh what is that that's what defines your life so if the things you talk about the most the things that you participate in the most the things you think about the most if they have anything to do with the world and its systems whether it's politics whether it's sports whether it's uh whatever the case is if it's not jesus and if it's not the word of god then that is what you love more than anything else Mm -hmm. and you know people will say well man do i have to be a holy roller do i have to talk about jesus all the time let me tell you something if the love of God has consumed you, if you are truly saved, then uh, that's that's all that's going to be on your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the biggest thing that will be on your heart and in your mind. And I know people are listening and saying, Jimmy, you, you can't be telling me that 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 I've got to be uh, talking about Jesus nonstop. I've got to be doing this. Non- and if, then I'm, if I'm not, then uh, that I'm not saved. What I am saying, I'm not really necessarily saying that. But what I am say, saying is that everything that you do is in the scope of the word of God. Everything that you that you participate in. So. When you talk about those politics or you look at sports or you look at these other things, the world and the world systems, the first thing that you, how you look through them is through the shades and the lenses of the word of God. Right. And just realize in your life, God's not looking for perfection. He is looking for direction. So what that means is there's no one perfect but one. His name is Jesus. But does your life, does does your life, are you in the direction of Jesus? Mm. Are you in the direction of the world? What's your life say? I know what our mouth says, but what's our life say? That's right. What is your life saying? We also know that uh, we have been anointed. Uh, verse 20 in chapter 2 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. So if you are a believer, you have the anointing, you are anointed. Uh, the Holy Spirit lives in you, who gives you the ability to live this life that we speak of. This Holy One gives you the ability to discern when the evil one comes. He, he, he gives you the ability to discern when you hear false doctrine. 
or you see somebody preaching, definitely preaching something different, this holy one that lives in you uh, convicts you of sin. Okay? Uh, he is your teacher. Uh, you don't need a teacher. He's your teacher, is what it says. Of course, we know you. he's not ruling out teachers, but he is your ultimate teacher is the Holy Spirit. Moving on to 3, uh, I'm going to read verse 5. And you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. Verse 6, no one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Again, here we, we're talking about the pattern of life. The pattern of your life, is it defined by sin? If it's defined by sin and you're walking in it, the Bible says you have not seen him and you do not know him. That's right. That's right. Uh, practicing sin. Uh, and it even says it here. Uh, no one who is born of God practices sin. And practicing mm. sin is, is, you know, like you've said, like we've said, is, is just uh, that's the pattern. That's what you're doing every day. That's what your life is defined by is those those things of sin that you're that you're 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 living in mm -hmm. um so uh you know while we sin and we fall in sin as as, as as christians and born again believers we don't fall in that pattern we don't we don't practice it yeah and we discussed just before and really sometimes i think like this you know if i'm if i'm sinning or whatever in a in a subconscious kind of way i'm thinking well then nobody see me so i guess i'm okay that's how we think. That's and, how you know. And that's, I'm, that's how we think. And, and I'm also, I, I, I go the complete opposite sometimes. When I sin, you are saved. Well, that's what I'm saying. When I when I sin, I think, man, am I really saved? You know, <laughs> well, I've done that twice this week. Am I really saved? You're examining yourself, right. and we should. Yeah, but we but we also can you get that guilt comes in, and yeah. you, you know, and that's Satan going into my head saying, "You're not really saved." Yeah. So you can't live in sin because that's why he came to take it away. That's right. That's so right. either he took it away or he didn't. That's right. So if he if he didn't take the sin away, if he didn't take the penalty away of that sin in your life, then you're either, number one, not truly following him uh, and don't understand what he came to do, or number two, you're calling him a liar and you're calling his his purpose for coming uh I don't know, not good enough or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. The wages of sin is death. That's right. He came to take sin away, and he did. Mm -hmm. He did. That's right. Uh, anything else in chapter 3 as we're down to our last two minutes? Two minutes. we got a countdown now. Uh-oh. Pressure's on. Dean. Uh, you will, okay? Keep his commandments is another evidence of you being born again, and the commandments are not burdensome. Actually, you take delight in keeping his commandments. Anything else? Chapter 3, no, no. But if we move over to chapter 4, uh, it's, as he's saying here, beloved, that's he's talking to those saved brothers and sisters. Right here in verse 1, he says, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Because uh, many false prophets have gone out into the world. And uh, that's a big thing that I take out of First John. And we've talked about a little bit of the Antichrist uh, and, the, and the one that's coming and the many that will arise and uh, false prophets and false teachers. That's one of the biggest warnings uh, that John has come with this letter that I take, I've taken away are those false teachers. And he's just telling them, look, test them. Don't believe everything that you hear, but test everything uh, to see whether it's from God. Absolutely.
and whether it lines up with this book. Because if somebody's teaching you something that doesn't line up with this book, then it ain't right. Right. So if I come up to you and say, I got something new God done told me. You are a false prophet. Get away from me. If it doesn't line up in his word. That's right. If God hadn't already said it, he ain't about to say it to you. <laughs> I know you, and he's not going to tell you anything. He might tell, <laughs> He well, he ain't going to tell anybody anything new. That's right. So be leery of folks like that. That's right. All right, let's just keep scanning here. We love Jimmy. Why? Because he first, first loved us. That's right. Hmm. I don't have to say anything else about no, that. You don't. Chapter five, we are overcomers. We are overcomers. Done deal. We're not just overcomers. We're super overcomers. So uh, if you have been born of God, you are a overcomer. The Satan has no more dominion, no more power, no more authority over your life. Like, you like, have overcome the world. Like we said today, he can't touch you. He can't touch you. The cannot. evil one cannot touch you. He can, he can tempt you. He can, um, he can throw things in front of you that may throw you off the path for a little while. But God will never. You will never be taken out of God's hand. God, God will never let you go. Uh, he's always, always has you. And if you're born of God, God keeps you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we talked about today. We are Absolutely. overcomers. Satan can't touch you. All right. Well, we just finished First uh, uh, John. It's been it's, great. It's been good. Man. I will say it has uh, it has opened my eyes. It has transformed my life, like Absolutely. His Word has promised to do. It's been good, and uh, we're going to keep you. We're going the next few weeks. We're just going to we're going to do some topical things, some questions before and, before we dig dig back into something a little deeper. Yeah, and we're going to have some discussion uh, amongst ourselves about what we what we're going to dive into next, but for the next few weeks we'll we'll be handling some topics from the Bible and, and certain things and if you have any questions that you've ever wondered or some things that you've ever wanted to know about um, email us, lifesongradio01 at gmail.com and we'll study these things together over the next few weeks. Yeah, Jimmy uh, send us a question. Uh, we may not know the answer, but we'll have fun Looking That's at right. God's word, studying right. God's word, and and just watching the Holy Spirit do what He promised to do, mm -hmm. which is reveal the Son of God in the Scriptures. That's right. Look, you can know Him. Hey, what does First John say? Number one message: You can know. How many times we've seen that word? You can know. You can know. You can know. You can know. Mm -hmm. Live your life. You can know that you are born of God, and we have spent the last four or five months going over of why you can know and now that you know go out rest in that relationship rest in the fact that he holds you and you don't hold him rest in the fact you've been sealed by the holy one until the day of redemption when he mm. comes back and and gets what he's put his deposit down on so rest in that but while you're resting go live your life go Share the gospel, go make disciples, go baptize folks, go teach folks, and obey everything that he's told us to do. Let's pray. Father, Father God, we love you. Lord God, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for mm. everything. Yes. God, we stand in 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 just, just stand in amazement right now, Lord. Stand in awe of you, and God, we just thank you for this opportunity that you have fleshed out in this world for us 
to 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 come together to 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 share your word to study your word and to and to share break it down and share it uh on the radio each and every week we lord we know that this opportunity and this blessing uh, is from you amen and god we don't take it lightly we do not take this lightly we 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 cherish this opportunity and and we hope and pray that that what we say and the words that come out of our yes. mouth on a weekly basis are of you and in honor and glorify you because that is our full intent That's intention right. And so, God, now we, we pray to you that, that as we continue to go on uh, in this radio ministry, Lord God, we pray that uh, that you will continue to send those to us who need to hear your word. Lord, you will you will raise up a people, um, raise up a people through this radio program who love you and love your word. God, who 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 love your word so much that, that, that they just that they write it on their hearts each and every week and in their lives reflect what they read they study it and they just bathe in your word god and god i just i pray to you right now that if there are any shortcomings in in, in, the, in my life and feels life that you bring those out to us mm. you 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 bring those before us and make us so miserable that uh, that we've got to deal with them yep. lord so uh, i just pray to you now that, um, that 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 everything that we do we do in your honor in your right. glory and so god thank you again and we do give you all the honor and all of the praise and all of the glory for this day and every day in jesus holy name amen, amen. praise the lord mm. man he's good he certainly is and folks we love you we thank you for listening and we hope you come back and join us here again next week at life song radio